Divorce Detox features raw, unfiltered conversations with divorce coach Lisa Happ and family law attorney Jolie Vackey. Learn how to cope, heal, and thrive while navigating the inherently flawed family court system. Enjoy candid conversations with the hosts and their expert guests as they discuss the dirty details about divorce and co-parenting. It's time for Divorce Detox. Welcome to Divorce Detox with Lisa and Jolie. We host a weekly podcast where we dish all about the dirty details of divorce, co-parenting, and how to cope, heal, and thrive while navigating the inherently flawed family court system and separating from your ex. This is episode 13 of the Divorce Detox podcast. Today, we are talking about Ways to manage your nervous system and your emotions when you are in the courtroom with your ex. I love this topic, Lisa, and I spend a lot of time talking with my clients in advance of hearings to try and prepare them for going into court and seeing the judge and everything that is associated with that. Um, and it's a really stressful time for most people because, you know, for a lot of people, this is their first encounter with the court system. So it's like, you know, um, a fear of the unknown. Absolutely. I think it's fear of the unknown. And I think from my experience, it's oftentimes the first time they've had to really see their soon to be ex-spouse maybe they've talked over text or the phone or a parenting app or there's like a brief changeover of children and drop off and pick up but this is the first time and sometimes in a fairly long time they've had to be in that close physical proximity to them and have to interact with them for any length of time Hmm, that's a good point. And I think we should probably like clarify for the audience. So a lot of times when people think about, you know, going to court, they're thinking about like trials, but actually the majority of court appearances and family law cases are either motions or status conferences or pretrial conferences. So they're not like what you see on TV where, you know, there's evidence being presented and witness testimony. It really is just it's a lot of waiting, actually, which people don't anticipate. A lot of waiting around in court. You see other cases be called. You finally get your turn and you only get, you know, maybe 20 minutes with the judge. It goes by so fast. But they're usually motion hearings and it's just the attorneys talking and the judge talking back to them. It's very different than what people have in their head. But, um, yeah, so I just wanted to um, point that out that we're not really talking about trials. These are just kind of the run of the mill motion and status appearances that, most people are going to be dealing with um, during their divorce or their whatever kind of hearing they're going to. I think that's such a great point because, and I forget to tell clients that sometimes what I'm initially talking to them because they seem like law and order or whatever they've watched on TV and they picture court much differently than somebody who's in and out of the court system every day. And so that's a great point. If you can tell yourself that most of your time in that courtroom, you are going to be sitting there and just waiting. And then the rest of those, your time is going to be 15 to 20 minutes in front of a judge. It just didn't, it makes it a little less intimidating knowing that. Mm -hmm. Another thing that's important to remember is that 
a lot of times there's, you know, you wait so long to get into court and there's so many topics to talk about and details that you want to get out. But if you think about it, so if you have, let's say, best case scenario, 20 minutes with your judge, your lawyer will get to talk for only 10 of those minutes, half of the time. And they're going to try to do their best to get everything out that they can that you want them to. But it's impossible in that amount of time to cover all the details that are, you know, that matter to you. So just go in, you know, knowing that everything's not going to get out. Hopefully, you know, you have a plan with your attorney to talk about the most compelling things that are most important to you. But I think it's really important heading into court to have realistic expectations because people are, you know, leave and they're like, wait, we didn't get to say this. We didn't get to say that. But um, literally court, like you go there, let's say you're scheduled at 9am. There's 20 other cases that are also scheduled at 9am. And you know, you're waiting around waiting for your case to be called, you don't know what order it's going to be called. So you could be first, you could be last. And, you know, it's, um, it's not just your case, there's a lot going on. Um, so talking to your attorney before you go to court is a, a good idea. So you know what to expect what you're walking into, and then you're not totally shocked when it happens. Because I always think it's scarier, you know, before the hearing than actually like those 15 or 20 minutes in front of the judge. Those are going to fly by and be a blur. It's the lead up that is the most stressful and intimidating for people. I agree. And you can probably speak to me this more than I can. But a question I get a lot from clients is, well, is a judge going to ask me why I wanted a divorce? Why I don't love him anymore? Did I have an affair? Did I do x y and z and i tried to get to help them understand the judge isn't gonna ask you in a motion hearing in 15 minutes if you still love your husband have you ever seen this happen in a motion hearing absolutely not so if you're there for a motion hearing then attorneys or the parties have filed very specific motions on specific topics. So it could be the parenting schedule. It could be child support. It could be who's going to pay the bills. They're not, they're only going to focus on those issues that are in the motion. Most people file um, no fault divorces. So the, the honestly, I know this is hard to hear, but because it's so devastating when an infidelity or an affair happens within a family unit, but to the court, that's just another day, another case. This is what they see all day long is infidelity and substance abuse these are they see and deal with broken marriages so you know if you are afraid someone's gonna out your affair or you're afraid they're gonna ask you why you don't you know love your husband the judge doesn't care about that you're you know this isn't uh, a no-fault divorce anyone you can just decide you don't you you know you don't like the way your husband snores at night and want to get divorced like the judge is gonna let you get divorced they're not gonna ask you these types of questions and honestly the parties really don't do any talking during these motion hearings and they shouldn't be doing the talking during these motion hearings because they're too emotional and invested. That's why you have your attorney there who knows what's important for the judge to hear relative to how they're going to be making the decisions on the issues at hand because they're only concerned on those limited issues that are the motion hearing is about. Yes, thank you. And I think it's your anxiety going in and whatever you're carrying with you, whatever you've possibly been made to feel bad or shameful about in your divorce. So thank you for saying that, because I always feel bad telling people this, but the judge doesn't care. They care about the specific reasons you were there, whether it's custody or money. 
but I think it's helpful for our listeners to hear that from you and not from me sometimes. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and I mean, so advice that I give to my clients before we go into court is like, expect the worst, hope for the best. Like we pretty much know what, before we go to court, what the other side is going to be saying, because, you know, we've been talking about this with the attorney beforehand. They may have put it in writing into court paperwork. So, you know, we know that they're going to say these lies or these misrepresentations or try to paint you in a negative light this way. So it can be frustrating because you're like, how can they just say blatantly false information? That's what court's all about. It's a he said, she said, until there's a trial, the judge is just trying to determine like who's the most credible until we can get to a trial and what is the best that they can do for the kids with the information they're given at that time. So, you know, if expect if your ex has been saying terrible things and lies about you, expect they're going to say them in court. It's really hard to hear, but that is what your mindset should be. And you, you know, you shouldn't be so you, it's, it's not like you're going to be blindsided by it, which is a good thing. You're like, you can expect the dirt that they're going to throw on you and then you're going to hear it and it's going to be upsetting because they're saying it in an open courtroom, but just trust and have faith that you, you know, you've talked about these issues with your attorney ahead of time. So they're going to have, uh, you know, facts to counter, to counter, um, act those arguments. They're going to have additional information to say, you know, about, um, your, your ex and their behavior. So it's, it's hard because like I said, there is no evidence that's presented. So it's just based off of he said she said but if you can just go in there you know thinking like yeah he's gonna say this that and whatever else about me and it, it is what it is but I have to have faith through this process that my attorney will get the information out that's most important to me um and you know sometimes things go really well you never know it is such a toss-up going into court we never know what's going to happen and that's one of the hardest part of this job is like I wish I could have a crystal ball for my clients but we don't. So expect the worst and hope for the best. <laughs> I love that. Expect the worst, hope for the best. That is perfect advice, Jolie. Yeah, because then you're not disappointed. You know, it, you know, like I, I would rather have um, a, a happy surprise ending than be really like be sure that something's going to happen and be devastated when it doesn't go that way. So I think so much about this is mindset. Um, and, you know, another thing that I tell my clients before we go to court is let's just assume they're going to tell lies. They're going to say these things that aren't true. They're going to say really painful, hurtful things because your ex knows the deepest, darkest parts of you and how to make you feel that way. Um, so let's just assume all that's going to come out. But the most important thing is you can't react and like have a meltdown in court because part of what the judge is assessing during this motion hearing is how the two parties are acting during the hearing. So if you are yelling out, that's not true, that's not, that's a lie, or interrupting or crying and sobbing and causing a scene and talk, trying to talk over people, that is not going to reflect well on you at all. So unless the judge is asking you a question specifically, or your attorney is telling you to answer a question, you really should just be there as an observer and just try to keep it together as much as possible. I talk about having a poker face. And then when we get into the, you know, the lobby after the hearing's over, we will vent, we'll have a cry session, we'll have a bitch session, and we'll talk about how awful they were. Um, but not during those 20 minutes. You just have to keep it together and then we can unload afterwards. 
Yes, absolutely. Fake it till you make it in this situation. I like the five to eight breath. The specific five to eight breath lets your nervous system reset and tell it it's safe if you breathe in that way. So if you feel like your anxiety is creeping up, you feel your fight or flight or freeze kicking on, if you inhale for five, hold for two, and exhale for eight, it will start to bring your nervous system down. I do it in my own life all the time, so I can promise you it works. Anytime you feel that stressful feeling or that feeling like in your stomach and you just feel that stress coming, you're standing there. Just do it. I mean, I wouldn't do some big, heavy, deep breathing if you're standing in court, but you can do it pretty, pretty quietly. Nobody will know what you're doing and just reset your nervous system. Divorce Detox is sponsored by Lisa Hap Coaching and Foundations Family Law and Mediation Center. Lisa Hap is a certified divorce, narcissistic abuse, grief, and life coach. She guides women in abusive, toxic, and narcissistic relationships through the divorce process and beyond to help transform and transmute their fear around their divorce and leaving a relationship to confidence and calmness. Together with Lisa, you can clear the fog and emotional chaos you're experiencing by setting boundaries, finding your voice, and reclaiming life and your power. No matter where you are in the process, she is here to support you every step of your way. You can find her at lisahap.com. Foundations Family Law and Mediation Center is a solutions-oriented boutique law firm based in Worcester County, Massachusetts. They represent clients and mediate divorces in both Massachusetts and Rhode Island. The philosophy of Foundation's family law is to resolve family law conflicts as painlessly and peacefully as possible. They firmly believe that something beautiful can be made from something broken, and they will be with you every step of the way to build a solid foundation for the future you deserve, filled with freedom, stability, and peace of mind. If this resonates with you and what you are looking for in a family law attorney or mediator, be sure to check out Foundations Family Law online at foundation, foundationsfamilylaw.com. Lisa is extremely generous and is offering a free coaching session for all new Foundations Family Law divorce clients. And the magic really happens for our clients when they choose to work with both of us through our Divorce Detox Signature Program. If you retain Foundations Family Law for your legal matter and purchase a coaching package with Lisa Hap Coaching, you will get a free bi-monthly call with both of us to ensure that your legal strategy and emotional healing are in alignment and helping you to reach your ultimate goals. I always tell people to stand and take up space. You have a wide stance in your feet. You hold your shoulders back. You appear confident. And when you appear confident, body language does wonders. It also sends a message to ourselves. The more space we're taking up, that we are in charge and we are empowered and we are strong. Those seem to work really, really well. Jolie knows I have a weird trick. Um, it does work, especially when you're in a divorce with a toxic person. It works very well with narcissists. Hold your gaze if you catch each other's gaze. Like you don't want to stare this person down, but if you catch each other's eyes and make eye contact, 
I suggest holding your gaze on them for a full three seconds, which is actually doesn't sound very long, but it's pretty socially uncomfortable. Don't give them a dirty look. Don't roll your eyes. Just stare like an empty stare that changes the energy. It helps you feel empowered. And if it's somebody that's controlled you in the past and been abusive to you, it sends a very clear message without saying a word that you're done taking their shit and it's game over. Mm-hmm. I love that, Lisa. And I, we have a, a client that we work together with and you gave her that advice before her hearing. And I was sitting with her and we were waiting to go into the courtroom and her ex and his lawyer walked by and she literally did exactly what she said. And instead of, you know, ter- quickly turning away when her husband met her eyes, like he would, you know, expected her to do based off of their dynamics in their marriage she held his gaze and literally her head moved as he walked by her and I was my head was down and I was writing in my notepad but I could not stop smiling and when he went inside I just like broke out and laughed and I was like that was amazing you just scared the shit out of him like that was great and she felt so empowered and so much more um powerful to go into that courtroom and confident um so I love that tip and it's just it's a little thing but the little details make a big difference in these kinds of situations so that is an amazing tip so glad that worked out so well for her too so proud of her for doing it exactly And then, you know, I do like to tell clients, like when we go to court and we have this hearing, you know, that we talked about and it's, you know, it's a stressful day and we, you know, you got to park, you got to do all the stuff, go through security, wait your turn, go see the judge. At the end of all of this, a lot of times you leave your hearing and there's no answers. There's no decisions. There's no resolution. A lot of times judges will wait to send out their decision in the mail. And so I I like to tell my clients that in advance so they're not disappointed and think that like something went wrong because we don't, you know, we walk out without answers and it's kind of like, okay, what just happened in there? And so, you know, you'll debrief with your attorney after the hearing. You may have to wait a little bit longer, but I just like them to know that ahead of time is like, we may not know when we leave court and that can be kind of disappointing to people, but it's something just to be prepared about. And then, you know, you can deal with it after. And because court is so unpredictable, like I said, there's so many cases scheduled at different times. You don't know when you're going to be called. You could be in and out of there in an hour, or you could be there all day and you have to go back after the lunch break. Like it's totally unpredictable. I like to tell my clients to clear their calendar for if they have court that day, because if you're lucky and you get out in and out, you're going to want that day to just veg out and not have anything else to do. You don't want to have to go to work after court. Don't do that to yourself. Like take the entire day off. Have somebody pick up your kids off the bus if that's what you have to do. Like just clear it so that can be your focus of your energy that day is on court and then have some time to just kind of settle back into yourself because it is, you know, it's an overwhelming thing. So clear your calendar. I promise that you'll be happy about that. Yes, that's such great advice, especially for moms or dads, I guess. When you're going through this and you're single parenting it, you don't have any time for yourself. So take it as a win if you're one of the first cases called and you have the whole day to yourself. 
go get a massage, go grab a coffee and sit by the beach, go for a walk, like give yourself that time because you've just gone through something really difficult. So give yourself some and time and give yourself grace and take that day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then Lisa, don't you have something about like focusing on a spot during the hearing? As I also talk to people before they go typically about a happy place, like trying to find a place that you've been, but if not, it can be imaginary that really has brought you peace and joy, whether it's somewhere on a hike or somewhere. And I love the black sand beaches in Iceland. I always use that as mine. And so when you're in that courtroom, you have that place to go back to. So before you even get out of your car that day, before you go to bed the night before, just picture yourself in that place, but pay attention to how your body feels. Like, do you feel your heart center soften? Do you feel that like nervous feeling in your stomach go away? Do your shoulders soften? And really focus in on how that feels in your body and let that somatically sink in. So when you get to the courtroom and you're feeling nervous, find a spot on the wall. You don't have to like look at them and other than giving them your dark stare, <laughs> you don't have to look around. It's just going to distract you. So you find some place on the wall and just look at it and start picturing yourself in that happy place that we've identified for you. And if you can do that with those five to eight breaths, your body will know it's safe. You will get those same feelings of that your heart center relaxing and that feeling in your stomach going away and your shoulders coming down. And it will just change the dynamic and the energy for you and your body and your mind. Your soul will feel like it's in that happy place. It just helps you get through it. And I think that goes back to what you were saying about credibility mm-hmm. and not losing, not losing it while you're in there. It's going to help you appear to the judge to be completely at ease and completely comfortable and completely confident, which translates to the judge as a very stable, healthy person. Yeah, exactly. And during my hearings, I always have a notepad on the table between me and my client. So if they feel like they need to tell me something during the hearing, they can write that down. Um, So that can be something else that they can focus on too. And instead of, you know, like I said, saying something out loud that they regret or kind of like fumbling around and looking a little crazy, just write it down and then they can give that information to me. But I think all of these tips are so helpful and there's no, you know, one right way to do it for everybody. These are just kind of tips that we've picked up along the way of working with our clients, but um, you know, you'll find what works for you. And I mean, these are, these are for, you know, contested hearings that we're talking about here. Like sometimes you go into court and it's like very procedural and it's just kind of quick in and out. You just need the judge's signature and something. But these are the ones that are, you know, emotionally heavy. They're contested. You know, it's going to require, you know, information back and forth. And there's basically going to be like a winner and a loser. So these are the ones that are, you know, are really tough to get through. But everybody does. And you will, too. Um, Any final thoughts, Lisa, before we wrap it up? I can't think of anything else off the top of my head. Just letting you all know you are going to make it through it. Keep reminding yourself these hearings are 15 to 20 minutes out of your life. You've 
if you have lived with this person that you're divorcing, especially if you're divorcing a narcissist or a toxic person, I promise you, unfortunately, you've been through worse. And this is just one more step closer to getting rid of this asshole. So just if you can look at it as like it's one more step away from them, do your breaths, prepare with your attorney, and you will get through it. Mm -hmm. I love that. And it's, you know, you're getting closer to your ultimate goal, which is to be divorced, be able to go out on your own. And this is just, you know, a step in that process. Um, So it's progress. And that's something to be happy about and be, you know, to celebrate because this is tough stuff, but you are doing it no matter what you're doing it. So way to go. So I think that's going to be it for today's episode. Thank you all for listening and please tune in next week. Take care. Thanks so much for tuning into Divorce Detox with Lisa and Joe Lee. If you enjoyed the show and want to help us create more content, please be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review. You can also follow us on Instagram at Divorce Detox Pod. Please note that the information shared during the podcast is for informational purposes only and does not create any type of attorney-client or coach-client relationship. Please consult with a licensed attorney in your jurisdiction for legal advice specific to your case.